Welcome to this brand new episode of the Marketing Technology Podcast. This podcast is hosted by Mark van Horek and myself, Elias Krum, and brought to you by Marketing Guys, the MarTech agency based out of the Netherlands. Welcome to this new episode of the Marketing Technology Podcast, on which I today am delighted to have Jamie, Jamie Shanks, who is the CEO of Pipeline Signals, and on top of that, wrote a couple of books, Spear Fishing and Social Selling Mastery. So please, Jamie, introduce yourself. Uh, thank you so much for having me. Um, again, my name is Jamie Shanks, CEO of a couple companies, Sales for Life and Pipeline Signals. Basically, I've been serving the sales community for 12 plus years. My company, Sales for Life, invented and pioneered social selling. So it's a teach you how to business, teach you how to prospect in a modern digital way. And then Pipeline Signals is a do it for you business that also includes sales training. And what we do is we monitor your customers on the move and job changes we'll call the window of change, that early opportunity when a new executive takes a new role or is promoted. And we surface that intelligence into your CRM as a lead. And then we teach you how to convert that lead into a sales qualified lead. Mm-hmm. And the topic we're going to cover today is that CRM and the data quality, particularly the data quality within CRMs, which is not always as good as we would like it to be. So um, how can you, well, I, I, I read a statement, I think in one of your blog posts that only 3% uh, or, or that as much as 3% of your CRM becomes obsolete every month. So that's that's like a third every year. Um, is that your experience? Where do you get that info? And, and mo- most important, how do we prevent that from happening? Yeah, the data is a kind of a triangulation of a variety of different sources, but also the reality of what our customers are telling us. And so basically the average company had a 20, 25% churn rate, meaning the number of employees that walked out the door and Mm -hmm. left or were added in an organization. But that's exacerbated or dramatically changed in the last 12 months, right? You've heard of words uh, online such as quiet quitting and Mm -hmm. um, the mass layoffs in the technology space. So, As an example, the average chief human resources officer stays in their job for 16 months. The average chief revenue officer doesn't even make it six quarters. So human beings have started to look at employment like they look at projects, right? I go to a company, I accomplish a few goals and tasks, I leave, I move to the next company. Unlike our parents' generation that felt like they should stay there forever and get the golden watch at the end. So what that means is that your CRM is transforming faster than the average company is keeping abreast to the change. And so every day, your customers and your prospects, people are being hired in those accounts, being promoted and leaving. And it's your opportunity or risk to keep that database up to date. Absolutely. So that's that's kind of an eye opener because I don't think a lot of people think about it that way but as as much as a third of your data in your CRM is 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 becoming obsolete it's it's outdated because people leave you high well people turn over um on top of that you'll probably have uh people uh churning let's say customers churning uh so there's all kinds of ways your CRM is is getting 
well, um, messy. Uh, um, what are ways of avoiding that or how can we solve that? Well, what we try to do at Pipeline Signals is be a piece to a puzzle. So if you look at sales intelligence, so data inside your CRM is a form of sales intelligence. You could have sales intelligence come in from chat functions, from buying intent, from peer-to-peer reviews. What we believe in is human capital migration just means job changes. Mm-hmm. And if you focus in on people, if you really do believe that people are the ones that make decisions in business, people are the ones that buy things, companies don't, it's the people within there, then follow the human beings. And so what we do at Pipeline Signals is twofold. One is we monitor your entire total addressable market. So we back up from a customer CRM and ask them bigger, bolder questions. Who do you want? to be customers, who are customers today, who are prospects? What does your ideal customer profile look like? And we back up and we map all the key stakeholders, champions, and influencers in every company that matter to you. And what typically our customers find is that upwards of 50% of either the companies or the people that work there don't exist in their current CRM today. Because a CRM a lot of times is you know, user generated from the sales teams or the marketing team who update it as they need, but they're not actually, you know, capturing the entire buying committee in every account. So what we do is we first capture what that total addressable market looks like. Then we start monitoring those companies and those people in real time. And so as you're, uh, you know, I'm drinking out of a Yeti water bottle right now. Mm -hmm. And if Yeti is one of your prospects, or customers, and somebody is hired or promoted or leaves that organization that matter to you, let's say you sold into finance, HR, and operations, then we track that. And we then notify you and your CRM that that change has occurred. And who, if somebody left, who replaced them? And did that person come from a customer? Did they come from a competitor? So that information is the second part that's really vital. It's not It's good enough just to update the CRM, but the people that are being hired into these companies, where did they come from? What experiences do they have? And how are they interconnected to your customer base? Mm -hmm. I love it because um, a a CRM, and I've said this more often to to listeners and in conversations, but a CRM on itself is a very reactive system, right? It's it's just a, 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 it's, it's, it's an advanced Rolodex. Um, And, um, it's very reactive. It's garbage in, garbage out. But the the way you are approaching this, it's it's really becoming a proactive tool, which proactively helps you to spot opportunities and help you proactively run leads through that sales cycle. So you're you're really in this sales technology space, right? I, I think what you said is really important because uh, I'll give you a real use case. Many, or I would say almost every one of our customers uses a tool connected to their CRM called ZoomInfo. Amazing Mm -hmm. tool, amazing company. The challenge with ZoomInfo though, it's the difference between what's called a push versus a pull notification. And ZoomInfo primarily is a pull notification, meaning that the sales professional has to wake up today, think about their accounts and they go, "Mm, I'm going to go after the Yeti water bottle company. They go into ZoomInfo, They fetch and retrieve contacts. They pull it back into the CRM. 
and then they engage that company alone. So it required a seller to do account selection and prioritization in their own mind, then fetch data in a third-party tool, pull it back into the CRM, and then engage it. What I'm a big believer as what you talked about being proactive is you need it to be a push notification so that the CRM is growing organically faster than a seller could even think about those accounts. But on a a compelling event or trigger-based reason, it's growing because somebody's been hired, somebody's been promoted, people are leaving. And so that it doesn't require the seller to think about an account, but it then notifies the seller why they should focus on account A versus B today, mm-hmm. not tomorrow, because of a compelling event or trigger. Love it. I love this conversation. So I have a couple of questions on this. Let's start with the first one, because um, the way you you handle leads and the way you uh, serve those leads into a, a CRM system, um, I, I really love this. It's it's. I think it really helps sales or SDRs and BDRs to prospect. It gives them the right info, but it's different from what we often see coming from marketing with MQL. So marketing qualified leads that are nurtured through a marketing automation system and then come into a CRM. This is something different. So what's your your take on this? What How, how do, how do the, those two compare? How do you compare inbound marketing lead generation versus prospecting? Well, actually, our, our best-in-class customers, I'll give you an example of what Snowflake does. And they com- they use both, we'll call, air cover from marketing and ground mm-hmm. cover from sales. So, <clears throat> excuse me, had to cough. Um, what our customer does is they look at human capital migration very seriously. When customers are on the move, they recognize how critical it is for a sales professional to engage their past customer. So when that job change happens, it is routed to the seller who owns that account. And that seller use, uses hand-to-hand combat, we'll call that ground uh, ground cover, to video message them, email them, uh, cold call, what have you. Whereas every other type of job change, so we'll call it the window of change, who are coming from non-customers, what they do is they route that intelligence into marketing automation. And then they start warming up that prospect with a campaign, whether that's paid media, email campaigns, inviting them to webinars. The purpose here is then they they track the buying intent of those people first. And then once those specific individuals start showing both buying intent and the fact that they're brand new to their job, they're a new executive, they're in the window of change, they then route that signal over to sales for back to ground cover, which is hand-to-hand combat. So marketing can get involved in this as well because not every signal, every seller should call every day. Certain signals, marketing can warm up and certain signals, because it's a past customer, you wanna give them the love and attention they deserve. Absolutely, absolutely. So um, talking about those, those specific customers that you want to go after, these accounts that you have on an account-based marketing list. How? What's your experience? How How do you get to the best-in-class ABM list? The best-in-class uh, uh, account-based list, um, if, what we've typically done is you can triangulate that information 
whether it's Zoom Info, Apollo, LinkedIn, what you're basically trying to do is first discover what companies exist within a geography, a vertical, um, um, a size of organization. You first develop the list of companies, then you develop the list of ideal customer profiles or key stakeholders that work within those companies. And certain databases like Apollo and Zoom Info are, um, they're obviously they're very strong for North American contacts. They're getting much better for EMEA. Um, at Asia Pacific and Latin America, it's still debatable if you can get that information. Maybe you triangulate that information off of LinkedIn because most business to business companies or even business to consumer companies are on LinkedIn. But that's the order of operation. You identify the companies, you identify the people that work within those companies, and then you create a proactive strategy to update that information as it will naturally change. Love it. Love it. So what what you guys at Pipeline Signals also enable is, is a lot of more effective selling time for salespeople, right? I, I, I think I read somewhere in a in a report probably by Gardner or Forrester or something I read it online recently but I think only like 25 28 percent of of time of the total time of a salesperson is actively used is used for active selling so only a quarter um, because the other time is spent on data research repairing and I think you're taking a lot of that data research time away and enabling well, these salespeople to be way more effective. That's why I love sales technology, by the way. So there's a lot of other sales technology that can help salespeople to be more effective. But have you done research or have you? do you have like like benchmark data on how how this is, is impacting effective sales time? Well, and, and what you just described, so the there hasn't been measurement of how much time this is saving, but what it is is solving the problem of buying back seller's time. And let's let's actually kind of visualize it from a seller's perspective. A seller's responsibility is to create hundreds of dollars an hour of value, engaging customers, winning deals, and so forth. You're then asking sales professionals to pause, stop, and do $5 an hour tasks, which is mining intelligence out of tools like LinkedIn, Uh, That could be capturing sales intelligence off tools like LinkedIn. These are things that can be done for much less expensive resources. So what I think, this is a great lesson learned. Sales organizations need to look at what a seller does day to day and break it down and ask yourselves, is this a $5 an hour task, a $50 an hour task, or a $500 an hour task? And continuously pull back any task that a seller is doing that isn't adding $500 an hour. And this is one of those things. The amount of time a seller spends mining intelligence, capturing that intelligence, and then the decision-making process of, do I call account A versus B today, not tomorrow? We call that account selection and prioritization. That is a tremendous amount of their time which none of that is money-making time right now. So buy that back, acquire that intelligence on their behalf so that they can just execute. Love it, love it. This, this is so 
so uh, it's very useful and I think very recognizable for a lot of sales and marketing leaders. So, Jamie, I, I want to thank you for this interview because we've already run through our time. And uh, again, you wrote two books, Spear Fishing, Social Selling Mastery, um, a Devil's Advocate here. Which one is the best? Well, Spear Selling is very much an outbound account-based sales development book. So for outbound prospecting, whereas yep. Social Selling Mastery was designed for inbound, creating yourself as a magnet. So I would say the first decision is which problem are you trying to solve? Are you trying to create a content marketing machine creating inbound flow or outbound flow and then choose the book accordingly? Okay. I'll put those books in the show notes for the listeners that uh, didn't have the time to write them down. And again, Jamie, Jamie, Jamie Shanks, uh, thank you very much for being on the podcast. Thank you so much for the invite. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Marketing Technology Podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, please leave us a review on your favorite podcast platform or iTunes. Also, if you want to be a guest or know someone that should be a guest to our show, shoot me an email on e.crum at marketingguys.nl. Thank you for listening.